Hello folks, Barack Lurie on the Barack Lurie Podcast. With me, after much absence and popular demand, Ari David. Yes, yes, yay. All right, fantastic. We I have returned him. like a conquering hero after a carnivorous meal. <laughs> yes, I think so. So Ari and I have both um, moved about the country, as it turns out. And we are now operating uh, remotely. We're doing our conversation here remotely, and it's a lot of fun. So it's pretty cool. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Ari. And one of the tragedies, uh, one of our, not, not the most recent podcast that we had, but the second to most recent podcast we had in very late December was with Larry Greenfield. I don't know if you remember him, um, folks, but he was on the podcast and Sadly, he passed away, and uh, we will miss him. And uh, in many ways, this uh, podcast is in his honor. And uh, I don't know what to say. It was just a real tragic loss for everyone in the Republican community and the conservative community. He was a great voice. Also, as a Jewish conservative, he was just right up there. Um, one of the great minds out there. I don't know if you know this, but he was a great writer. He was a great speaker. He had a great voice. So... Anyway, we'll miss him. And yeah, he uh, was this... a uh, he was a Claremont fellow, wasn't he? And uh, you know, like that's a that's a serious achievement in the conservative world. There's you know Hoover fellows up at Stanford, and then the Claremont colleges have a, a think tank out there of conservatism. And yes, with several yes, prominent exactly. thinkers of which he achieved um, you know membership. He was one of the best, and he was able to angle things and understand conservatism in a way that other people just couldn't. I, I, very impressive. Anyway, uh, and I'm sure he would love to hear about this particular podcast because uh, we are talking today about, uh, this is what we're going to call the We Told You So podcast. Hold on, let um, me write that down so I have it for, <laughs> for the that title. I don't yeah. know. I, well, you know. I think that's, that's a, a great, title, I, I think we should just maybe make that the title of the entire podcast and yes. every episode because that's what we... <laughs> I have been doing since August of 2012. Yeah, we told you so. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. You know, and one of the things that Ari told us, although I don't want to get down to the weeds with this, but a long time ago, Ari told told us in this podcast of this crazy situation that was happening in this island somewhere in the Caribbean or wherever. uh, And they were calling it Epstein Island. And it was crazy. It was hard to believe. But apparently this guy named Jeffrey Epstein was bringing all these um, friends, men friends of his to this island where they could partake with underage girls and have the time of their lives. And uh, this was kind of a well-known secret, and but it didn't matter. People were doing it, and, and there they were. So, And I, I thought, it, there's just no way this could be true. And then uh, it took about four years after you first talked about that on the podcast, Ari, that it all became revealed and thank God it became revealed. And Jeffrey Epstein, you know, he, he died. Of course he, he didn't kill himself, but whatever. He didn't kill himself. No, that's right. He let's did just, die. He let's did just die. make that very clear. Yes. Didn't kill himself. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, Somehow uh, died in custody in a supermax holding cell. Somehow <laughs> just died while being right. watched. Yes. Under 24-hour surveillance by the best and brightest in our government. Best so man just died. 
Didn't kill himself. Uh, and then this uh, woman, uh, Giselle uh, Max- Maxwell, she, she uh, of course, yeah, was Gis- convicted. Ghislaine you know, Patsy. Ghislaine, yes, there you go. Yeah, just uh, make sure she, you understand she's a patsy. She she didn't, I mean, she was involved, but the the it's the men that were the guests of Jeffrey Epstein that were fueling this, and they're all free right now, and some of them are forcing you to inject experimental poison into your children right now and make money off of it. Yeah, those guys, Bill Gates. Well, you can't say that Ari is not passionate about what he believes, and that's and that's a good thing. All right, actually, if, you wouldn't mind, if, if I ever die with two bullets in the back of my head, just so you know, Ari didn't kill himself. Ari's right. happy. He's eccentric. He collects his own urine, but he loves life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. That's like too much information uh, uh, to the nth degree. All right, do me a favor. Would you actually, if you could bring your computer a little closer to you so we can hear you a little bit more uh, clearly? Okay. How's that? Uh, yeah, that's perfect, actually. Thank okay. you very much. So, uh, it's a little too sexy for me, I gotta tell you. <sighs> Ari, you know, you have a great voice, and that's that's really the only reason why we have you on the podcast. I think most of our listeners would agree that that's the only reason why they would want to listen to you. But what are you oh, gonna do? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Barry White. <laughs> uh so maybe a little too close, I think, at this point. Uh, okay. uh yes, thank you very much. That's okay. perfect. Okay, so I want to talk about the COVID situation. So now so many things are hitting the fan when it comes to COVID, right? So we, told we now you so. know, we told you so, and that's exactly what it is. So there are a lot of things that are coming up. I want to start off with the Johns Hopkins study that came out, I think just a week or two ago, saying effectively that all the shutdowns had no impact whatsoever. They said at best, it may have reduced deaths, COVID deaths by 0.2 of a percent. Uh, and yet we shut down the entire economy, the world economy, and nothing to show for it. Well, I guess I'm wrong about that, Ari, because what we did have to show for it is a whole bunch of suicides, a lot of depression, a lot of drug trafficking, a lot of spousal abuse, child abuse, um, and, and just a horrific economy. But other why than that, ignore, the shutdown was fantastic. Only, why are you only citing the small stuff? What about <laughs> socialism? What about yes, supply chain issues? What about potential famine what, oh, about, what about what about the what election? Russia? What about the election? Yeah, yeah the election that, that was stolen, yeah. a coup d'état in America, the empowerment of China, and a genocide carried out by Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci. And Bill Gates visited Epstein Island, and Jeffrey didn't kill himself. We told you so. All right, so let's not go too far on that. But I, the point is that COVID is uh, look from the very get go. We talked about this. So yeah, complete waste of time. Complete waste of time. Now, and I, Dennis said it correctly. He said this is the biggest mistake in world history, and I think he was right. Uh, I think there was more maliciousness to it, more malice to it than he will give it. Uh, and, and Ari and I, we, we, I think we subscribe to the same philosophy on this one. This, there was a lot of purpose to this. We also said that, and remember this, I, I said it from the very beginning, uh, that when people said that this virus was so contagious, that was the thing we need to keep in mind. Uh, I said, well, well, great that it's contagious. Well, why do, you, why do you say that, Barack? Because the more contagious a virus is, the less deadly it is, the less impactful it is from, uh, on your health. Because the, the more people of the virus, that will acquire natural immunity quickly. That's right. The purpose you know? of a virus is to spread. Okay? It, doesn't, it doesn't want to kill you. 
It, it will kill you because of its own purpose. It just has to do it. It has to spread. And if it doesn't, if it cannot survive in heat, light, or air, it's going to stay in your body and it will kill you. HIV is a very good example of that. HIV is not contagious in a very serious way. Uh, you have to kind of, you know, get it only in that one kind of way, one way that we don't need to describe. But unlike a cold, which is a very hardy virus, it can survive in light, heat, and air. And it spreads, spreads, spreads. And, but you don't, you don't think about keeping Johnny, you know, you don't, you don't fret about Johnny dying from his cold. You might keep him away from school for the day, but that's about it. So that was a big thing. And of course that played out very clearly, right? So sure enough, before even Omicron, and I'll get to Omicron in a second, but even before Omicron, uh, all these numbers were not adding up. They said there was going to be a four to 10% death rate for those people who got infected. Well, it turned out that the Stanford study showed that about 85 times more people were actually infected from the disease than they had originally estimated, dropping down the actual death rate to something like less than 0.2%. And everyone so, who died was of certain categories, right. very fat, very sick, very old. Yes. And we could have very easily isolated those three segments of the population. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah. And not affected yeah. anyone else. Your fat so then, will pay you then, to stay home. That's it. Then, then there was the issues, of course, about the actual COVID death numbers. Uh, we, they were playing funny with the, the numbers, as we now know. Uh, although we knew it from the instance. As soon as you start incentivizing a hospital to pay $13,000 for uh, admitting a, a so-called COVID patient, guess what? Everyone was a COVID patient. As soon yeah, as you and then start when you paying pay hospitals $39,000, yeah, $39, yeah. uh, if they were to be put on a ventilator, guess what? Everyone was on a ventilator and everyone was dying of COVID. Yeah, and then so, when you pay them a bonus for every death, the hospital is now in the business of killing them, literally. Yeah. That's well, not And, and why, are, why were we surprised? We know that insurance companies, uh, they, well, doctors will you know, play the code game with insurance companies, right? They, you know, when you yeah. come in there for, I don't know, something's wrong with your ear, the, the, the doctor will code it in such a way that an insurance coverage, uh, occur, insurance coverage will, will, will cover it. Uh, so and know, pay him it's a maximum. game, it's, it's all a big yeah. ma manipulative game. So this is the same thing here. Why are we so surprised? And then we also knew that Neil Ferguson, he's the guy that actually created this whole alarm. He was the one that caused the whole shutdown in the first place. Who is, Neil Ferguson, he's the so-called expert from England. He claimed that there would be 500,000 deaths from COVID in the UK alone by August of 2020. He also predicted that 2 million deaths would occur in the United States by August of 2020. Now, mind you, that's a year and a half ago, folks, that there was going to be 2 million deaths in America. How many were there in America at the time of August 2020? Approximately 150,000. And that was, of course, the inflated number that we, we kind of just yeah, talked about. With, and by the way, if you remove Governor Murphy and Governor Cuomo from stacking the deck with COVID infections in nursing homes among the very old, the very fat, and the very sick that annihilated people in New York and New Jersey, that number drops precipitously by precipitously. probably like 75 or 80%. If you had just removed New York and New Jersey from the American statistics, we dropped to the lowest death rate in the world uh, yeah. among the- uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And then, of course, there was a total ignorance of what was happening in Sweden 
where they had said that uh, they were not going to mask anybody. They were not going to force any sort of shutdown. They were going to live with this virus. And nothing happened in Sweden. Right. I mean, and, Sweden, and did not Sweden... Have, Sweden did not have greater numbers than uh, Finland or Norway or any other European country per capita or otherwise. It was the dirty little secret that they never wanted anyone to talk about. Every time we talk about Sweden on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, it just didn't show up. So yeah. here and, was and, and a laboratory the, experiment that they simply decided to ignore because it was not convenient for the narrative. We all right. know and, every, and, and, and we talked about this years ago, how when Barack Obama handled the economy, this was a point I made to you about arguing about why what he was doing was deliberate versus accidental. It was there was an irony in that every decision he made was the wrong decision. OK, yeah. it was always harmful to the economy. It was always harmful to the U.S. worker and the U.S. wage earner and the U.S. taxpayer. And I said to Barack, you know, I said to you, um, look at this pattern. People are never wrong in the same direction without accidentally making a mistake once in a while and being wrong in the other. So this yes. is the same thing. Every solution for uh, the China virus had to do with the elimination of liberty. They never accidentally put in place a mitigation measure, and they could have, that expanded liberty. Yes. Right? Yes, I, I Every agree. one and of them was always, like, designed to take away your liberty first. Shut down churches, shut down schools, wear a mask, take a vaccine, blah, 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 blah. It was never, hey, take hydroxychloroquine with some zinc and a Z-pack and azithromycin and um, catch yeah. it early and live your life. Yeah, you know, that they, was the way it was. That, that was the way it was. And uh, of course, we know that the masks never worked. It was all garbage. The vaccines didn't work. They, they, they changed that narrative so quickly and people just bought the narrative every single moment. It, it changed from being able to be 100% effective then to 90% effective. Then all of a sudden you could spread it. You could get it still. You could still be hospitalized and you could still die from it. In other it words, it had zero effect. Income. It has zero yeah. impact whatsoever. That's it. And then the whole argument that, that we need to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. It's a very bizarre argument. It was the, these were first-time first arguments in the history of the world with, with regard to any vaccine or any sort of therapeutic for that matter. Very bizarre. Uh, then, of course, you could go to a restaurant, uh, and as soon as you sat down, you could take off your mask, but somehow the virus knew to only stay you know, high, it's, it's a standing level, you know, at the face level. That's right. That was as, as long as a politician held his breath while not wearing a mask <laughs> yeah, for four great. hours, he that could go great. to a football game and not wear a mask. As long as you keep sitting, uh, it, it's an amazing virus. It's really got an interesting dynamic. Very sophisticated. Because for some reason, when you're in a submissive sitting position in a restaurant, you can't get it. But you can get it when you're in a submissive sitting position on an airplane. Right? Yes. And yes. somehow... You know, it, it's a magical virus. It's, we knew it's also magical. that it was. We knew also that it was uh, had absolutely no impact on children, zero. And there had been not one single child who died from it. Uh, not one single teacher who got it from a child who, in turn, got, died from it or even was hospitalized from it. Uh, I think there's like uh, I shouldn't say one single. There's like one or two, and but those kids were. Yeah, but they were you know, either, incredibly either, either, unhealthy. Either, either un, unhealthy to a morbid level or to a diabetic level or whatever. And you know, every loss, you know, every every child, of course, his life is is precious. But at the same time, you don't shut down the entire world's school system for the sake of these two or three kids. It was absurd. You, right. You, were, you don't you, shut you'd down. You'd be better off. You'd be better off not uh, driving your kid to school because. 
Well, yeah, you, know, you might get in a terrible car crash. I mean, no, it's so the that, that's the irony of it all. It's the equivalent of imprisoning every American in their home and sentencing them to endless binge washing of Netflix and and Postmate deliveries because five kids died in a swimming pool accident in Maryland. Yes, it's it, like it that. It's the equivalent. It's exactly that. Okay. They, they, no one, no one looked at the odds. No one looked at statistics. Uh, the Stanford study was totally ignored. And now the Johns Hopkins study is being totally ignored uh, to the extent that people hear it. Uh, and I, we know that Fauci and Burks and all those people, they've heard about it, but they're just doubling down on, on the mandates and the shutting down as much as possible because they, that's the way they have to argue. They believe that their constituents will still believe all this nonsense and they will hold it to the day they die. It's it's not about it became very clear that it was not about controlling the virus or stemming the virus in any shape or form. It was always about power. This is old news. I mean, in terms of what we've been podcasting, Ari, you and I, we've always been saying this has been about power. What's more interesting to me right now is the level of people's ability to believe this nonsense and and then what we can learn from all this. People will eventually learn that this virus was not, there's no justification for the shutdown, that the masks didn't work, that the vaccines didn't work. They will learn all these things in due course. But will they at some point turn back and say, well, you know, uh, don't forget what happened with the COVID days. You know, in the same way we look at McCarthy, right? During the McCarthy era, people thought that what was going on was legitimate. And now we look back on the McCarthy era and say, well, that was a time of, of undue paranoia, right? And it was a government excess and so forth. Will they look at the COVID situation the same way? And the answer, of course, you and I know is no. They, they will create a narrative that fits uh, their, their narrative, that there fits their ideology and make them look fantastic one way or the other. And the Republicans were the ones who kind of created more death and destruction. But we have too much information and at some point, uh, the great news about all this is unlike uh, what happened, let's say, the cause of the collapse in the 2008-2009 financial crisis, unlike that, Ari, where most people were kind of out of touch of the cause of it. So the Democrats could, could fake a narrative that said that it was all because of greed and the Republicans didn't have the appropriate regulations in place, and that's why the system collapsed. We know better that the reason why the system collapsed was because of the Democrat excess, where they mandated banks to give these loans to people who just couldn't afford the loans, and eventually it all collapsed, right? So, but, but most people were, were out of touch with that whole situation. Now, the COVID situation, by contrast, is that it was right on the ground. It was, it was surrounding us. We saw people uh, who died of, of COVID or supposedly died of COVID. We saw people who went to the hospital because of COVID. We got COVID ourselves. We knew people who got COVID. We, we had to deal with a mask. We had to deal with the COVID uh, vaccine mandates. We had to deal with all the madness. We were on the ground. We were the foot soldiers actually experiencing the battleground. So what I say to you, Ari, and to our dear listeners, is that I think that you can't fool people, every single person like this. I, they know from their own experience that Omicron, for example, was not that big a deal. Delta was not even that big a deal. Most people who got COVID under any of the three or four different strains, um, it kind of went 
through them without them even noticing it. And many people had the COVID antigens and didn't, and they were kind of surprised to learn that they had the antigens. So this will be a real big awake, awakening call. Or no, what is it? Clarion call? Yes, clarion call uh, for the future. When people will begin to realize, whoa, they really tried to bamboozle me, these people. This was weird. Uh, they really forced this whole mail-in ballot thing, for example. They claimed it was for the sake of saving lives, but we now know that it was not true. Um, and the voting bill structure. Now they're, they're talking about the voting bill and, and uh, how they're trying to ram this down and they're trying to say this is necessary for civil rights, for democracy itself. And you're, you, you, we look to each other and we say, wait, I thought we had a pretty decent economy, a, a democracy all the way up to now. Now suddenly we're in the most corrupt state possible. Where, so where were we before the mail-in ballots? So that's to say that every single election before 2020 uh, was corrupt and, uh, you know, thank God for mail-in ballots. What, what's the deal here? Everything else yeah, and, is virtually and, and motivated. And if that's the case, if that's the case, then why aren't we going to the Iraq 2003 system where every person who votes has to do it in person and dip their finger in blue ink? I, I would love that. Well, no, because right? they're saying... Right? They're saying... They're they're saying voter all right, ID. All right, they're saying that the reason why... They, because they don't want uh, people to be able to have to be forced to, to vote in person. They want them to be able to mail in the ballots. They want them to be able to do ballot harvesting for that matter. Uh, because, you know, that way you get many more people and you get the true will of the people because a lot of people can't come to the voting booth, don't you know, because it's just too far away. Uh, so that's, that's the mantra of that. But if we know that's garbage. But we, and then you say to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if, if it's such a devastating system, if we're, if it's so corrupt, well, then how come you claim that the 2020 November 2020 election was the most pristine and clean in history, right? I mean, clearly, you know, we didn't have the voting rights bill that you're now proposing back then. It was never passed. And God willing, it'll never be passed. But somehow we had the cleanest and most effective uh, election in history. Anyway, people see this. Ari, and they begin to scratch their heads and they begin to wonder aloud to themselves because they actually experienced this kind of crap, this kind of mandated crap for themselves. They, they saw that something was weird. It, it, things did not add up. And I'm, I'm pleased to say, I'm comfortable saying that many more Democrats are going to be converting to um, the Republican Party to, to become conservative. To, this will be a, a clarion call. It'll be a wake-up call to, the, to each of them to say, I know that these guys are BSing me. Something's up with this. And once you do that, that's the beauty of, of being conservative, Ari, is that once a liberal cracks open the door and, and says, well, wait a minute, let me just explore this a little bit because I'm just genuinely curious. And his Democrat party has been telling him, no, no, don't even look at that door. Don't even, just look the other way, please. But I just want to check the, the crack in the door. Is that cool with you? I'm just going to check that out. No, don't do that. And then he checks it, and then he begins to realize, whoa, he's been living in crap and filth. And just open this door, and there's light and sunshine and opportunities that they never saw before. Yeah. Suddenly the world opens. And those are almost the best kind of conservatives, right? I mean, that's like, like you, you and me, yeah, we saw right. fresh air, and we never want to go back to the dusty, moldy attic again. Yeah, there you go. You know, exactly right. We understood. 
oh, wow, I was literally breathing aerosolized, um, uh, uh, you know, the <laughs> stuff that comes out your, your rear end, yes. you know? And That's so exactly you go, oh, I have an alternative, clean food, fresh air, good water, good wine. Okay. I like <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, it's, it's very simple. And, yeah. and, and people begin to realize, well, why is it, if, if America is such a racist country, such an evil country, then why are people coming here? To, and, to some of it, and some of it's a, a lot more subtle than that. It's not so much the philosophical conservative movement, but you and I are, are bottom line people. We, we just care that people make the right choice, not how they arrive there. Yes. I'm not one of those people who says, well, show me your algebra. I don't care. I just want the correct answer at the end. If the question's two plus two and you give me four, I don't need you to explain it. Uh, here in Charleston, it's a liberal city within a, a conservative state. Yeah, so, like Austin is in Texas. Right. Or, you know, or here's my great joke. Or San Francisco is in California. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but you just, you just. I run into a guy. We're talking to him on the street and he says, you know, we're talking to him about stuff. He goes, where are you from? We tell him we're from California. We explained it why we came. And he goes, oh, OK. <laughs> Didn't know it was that bad. I heard stories. But, whoa, he says to us without prodding, I voted for Joe Biden and I'm not doing it again. Because yeah. he said, and this is great. This is an example where two plus two equals four, and I don't need to get your reasoning. You got the right answer. He goes, I voted for Biden under the promise of moderation and normalcy. I was not expecting any radical changes. I was not expecting banning my guns. I was not expecting gas to go in South Carolina from a buck twenty-five a gallon up to four dollars a gallon in a year. Okay? Yeah. I was voting literally because I was a little sick of some mean tweets. And I was promised that the only change I'd get is that mean tweets would stop. And you know what? Right now, I could use some mean tweets and $1.25 gas. And I will never vote for Democrats again. Yeah, this is the argument of of style over substance. Here's the best part. He's a young guy. He works like in the carriage ride business here in central Charleston where they do tours of the historical district. He said to me, he's from Charleston. All of his friends are Democrats. They're all young, hip, liberal people. He said, all of them think and feel the same thing he's feeling. They feel completely lied to. All right. So all this stuff. That, that, that is wonderful to hear, first of all. It means we have uh, at least a handful of more, more conservative votes in, uh, in, from Charleston. But we're, we're going to see this time and time again. There, there are people are really fed up. I mean, we know that Biden's popularity is in the basement. You know, as I say, that he seems to be pretty comfortable in the basement. So that's a good place for him anyway. He doesn't but even he, know he, where he is. I oh, mean, of course not. You no, know. He, he doesn't know anything that's going on. But uh, they, they're not in, in touch at all with what's happening. So, for example... Uh, we now know with, with the COVID situation, suddenly the masks are not necessary in the four states, Connecticut, New Jersey, um, I forget the other, oh, Oregon and one other state. Uh, suddenly they don't need that in schools anymore. Okay. Yeah. And, and why is that? Oh, because the science has changed. That's from their science officer uh, in the Biden administration. Leanna Wynn said that, yeah. Yeah. So, so that was an unfortunate choice of words, in my opinion. She could have said something to the effect of, well, you know, circumstances have changed, right? Or, now, or how about they, this? The observation the, oh, of the yeah. science has changed, you know? No, hang on, Ari. Hold on. So they could have said the circumstances have changed. The facts on the ground have changed with regard to infection. We feel comfortable 
that because of Omicron and how many people have already had it, that now the next variant, to the extent there might be one, is going to be a lot less uh, troublesome. Now is a good time because, you know, masks are not good for the kids. And as soon as we can do it, you know, now is the time to do it. So we feel comfortable and uh, and, and back to uh, normal school we go, um, putting aside the vaccine mandates and all that crap. But anyways, you get the idea. So suddenly they're talking about this. It, no, the science has not changed. What has changed is the polling. That's it. That's, they saw the numbers and they were quickly advised, turn this vote around. And to hear from uh, many talk show hosts, including myself, you will see in Biden's upcoming uh, State of the Union speech that he will declare that COVID has been Victory. conquered. Yeah. Victory, indeed. And uh, no more masks. I'm calling for an executive order. And uh, yeah, powerful suggestion, at the very least, that schools no longer mask their children and nobody be mandated to have uh, masks on anymore. Of course, if you choose to have it, that's your business. But uh, it's certainly not a mandate anymore. And everyone will stand up and he will he will declare victory, right? Yeah, I hope he does. I'll give him. I'll even give him credit if he does that. I'll, oh, I'm not going to tell everyone today. No, yeah. don't do that. Do not do that because that's that why not. Is, gas will still be eight bucks a gallon. You won't I be able know. to buy meat. We'll be still having a famine. I'll give. I'll give the old mother, you know what, or a, a little uh, some slack and say, I, well, I, yeah, I, yeah, Joe, I would you, say, you beat you beat the I virus with as your bare hands. I would say it as an incentive for him to make that speech in the first place. But yeah. once he says it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give him any credit for that. That's garbage. So he, he's, you know, th- this is what's going to happen, I think, with 90%. I was, I was being sarcastic, by the way. Of course you were. Of course you were. I, I feel 90% confident that he will do that. Uh, but everything changes with the polling all of a sudden. But they've got nothing. They, they want a big W somewhere, right? The big win, uh, especially after Afghanistan. Now, I remember a couple of my liberal <laughs> friends were saying, a couple of my liberal friends were saying after this Afghanistan disaster, like, okay, you know, I said this is going to be awful for him for the midterm elections and ultimately for re-election or whoever is going to be running for the Democrats. And uh, they all said to a man, uh, no, no, this will be a blip. You'll see. You know, yes, it's a very bad and such like that. But people have short-term memories. And I said, oh, no, no, don't. I agree with you that they have short-term memories. But this this will keep on playing out. You know, if it's, it, it's in Afghanistan one day, then it's going to be Ukraine the next. Then it's going to be Taiwan. It's going to be dealing with the Chinese and the can, supply can I chain say problem. There's going, really be, fast. there's going to be, hang on, it's going to be one thing after the other. So it'll it'll pile up in such a way that it's not even a feather that broke the, the camel's back. It'll be an anvil that broke the camel's back. A and piano, people, a grand piano yeah, falling from an airplane. People will come into the November election with such weight of madness, and they will not be able to wait to vote against this administration, even though, of course, we're talking about midterms elections. He'll still be president. I get it. But they will want to send the signal as much as they can. They will want to give as much power to the Republicans back in the Senate and in the House as possible. That's and the governorships, happen. hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we but, did but let me, let me in make... 2020, by the way. The, yeah. Don't forget that. So that, yeah. that's, let, that's good solid stuff. Me... And that's why we – that's why – hang on. That's why we were very strong during this COVID crisis – uh, because we we had you know South Dakota, we had of course DeSantis, we had other governors that stood up to this crap, and nobody cared to look at the numbers from Florida, where there was the infection rates and the hospitalization rates were so low. Um, but it was it was what I call the, the era of mad science, you know, where people said that 
you will believe what we tell you to believe. And this is, you know, from the party that what brung you uh, global warming, right? Anyway, go ahead, Dolly. Well, what I wanted to say is this idiot, before he was senile, he was an idiot. This idiot, these, these adult children in charge of this country right now, for lack of a better term, these, these mindless boobs who have the maturity of a two-year-old, okay, right. have decided to mitigate the damage of a foreign policy catastrophe in Afghanistan by provoking a ground war against Russia in winter. Yeah, I know, I know. When, Barack, you are a student of history. You know things like 1066 and uh, the Normans and William the Conqueror against Johann the whatever. You know, you know stuff, right? Just a quick question. Has there ever been an incident in history, recent and distant, in which someone foolishly provoked a ground war with Russia in the winter and it didn't end well? I'm just curious about that. I, I, I'm with you on this. Well, look, and I know our audience is intelligent enough to know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. Hey, yeah, all right. Move your computer a little away from you now. Just a okay. tiny bit away. Sorry, I got a yeah. little angry there. Again, Epstein didn't kill himself. And <laughs> okay, neither so will I. Mo- okay? Moving on a little bit on this very topic. So, but still, and but, I'll say but isn't that quick. ironic? Here, yes. I screwed up Afghanistan. Let me go into the biggest possible blunder type of war possible. Well, to cover not, up he, my blip of a mistake against the Muslim world. Well, he's not going into the war. He's he's doing exactly the same thing that he failed to do with Afghanistan, right? In a sense, he, he's not backing up Ukraine. He's not protecting Afghanistan and the Afghanis, right? So it's the exact same sort of playbook. In the same way they were saying, oh, we had no expectation. We had no ability to predict uh, the disaster that we now know as the Afghani pullout. Uh, you know, woe was me. Whoa! How, how did we know that they were going to take over the airport? Uh, this is this is what happens in war, dude. And then now with Ukraine, they're the way they talk. Ari is so funny. It's like, well, Putin. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. Uh, you know, we, we, he can attack any day now. They talk about him and and the Russians, for that matter, as though they're talking about a hurricane, right? Here comes the hurricane. Go anywhere. Right? It goes anywhere. Well, who knows what this hurricane turns will left, do? Turns right, comes right. ashore, stays right. at sea. Who knows? It, it, it may be a class five. It may be a class four. We're just hoping for the best, and right. and that's it. I mean, but but wait, wait, Mister Mister Biden, aren't you supposed to be doing something? I mean, more than moving three thousand troops that are just kind of shuffling around the vegetables around the plate, right? That's what he's doing. He moved three thousand troops there. That's you think that's going to be enough for the hundred and twenty thousand troops? that Putin has already amassed on the border. They're not going to fight. There's not a hot war that's going to happen between Russia and American soldiers. That's yeah, garbage, Barack, right? Barack, I think you're missing a huge point. The troops that Biden stationed there are all woke and vaccinated. Ah, yes, okay? And, yes. and they are engaging in equity. <laughs> now, the, the 120,000 Russian troops on that border are well-armed, well-equipped, well-trained, full of testosterone, and are killing machines. But we will defeat these killing machines and their toxic masculinity with our woke equity and vaccination rate. And as you know, the vaccines are safe, and they will reduce casualties in battle by up to 40%. Yes, I understand. 
No, we, we, they'll, they'll be so <laughs> That was genius. Yes. Right? If you do say so yourself. So the, the wokeness uh, will overwhelm them. You know, they'll right. be so impressed with that. And they, they will just lay down their arms and say, we understand now what equity means. How can we, how can we be more feminine for that man? Right. Okay, so let, let me move on. Hold on. Let's, let's move on a little bit more because that, that's kind of a side discussion, but a very important one. So I want to talk, because uh, it's so emblematic of what's going on, right? So the truckers in Canada, uh, which is really fascinating to me. Okay, so let me lay it up a little bit, and then, then we can talk about it. So these truckers are taking this convoy. It's a huge, long, I, I, it's, it's an amazing long line of uh, truckers. They went all the way to Ottawa. They are placing themselves, installing themselves in Ottawa as a protest. Um, and they're doing a very effective job. Uh, and why? Because they, they are objecting to the, the vaccine mandate. They think that the vaccine mandate is outrageous, especially for truckers who are lone uh, drivers. They're, they're nowhere to be seen with anybody else. It makes no sense. Uh, now the, the fire has caught on in America as well. There's a truck convoy going to Washington. This is all wonderful stuff. Now Trudeau is the one that fascinates me about this. So how does he respond to this? He says, and I played this in my clip on my Sunday show, he had this, this amazing clip where he said that these, we will not tolerate racism, homophobia. We will not tolerate that these truckers stealing food from the homeless. That was my favorite one. Like, and I said, why not say that they're, they're stealing lollipops from children at the same time? Go for it. Or aluminum why not say, why the not say that they're, they're, they're beating up little old ladies at the same time? Right. I mean, these, there's no these... evidence of this whatsoever. There's no evidence right. whatsoever. These and truckers. pushes this. These this truckers is, are stealing fentanyl from George Floyd. How dare they? <laughs> okay. So everything that you can imagine that, that anything that came to his mind, that's what he said about these truckers. <laughs> it was it was like when Hillary Clinton said, you know, they're misogynist, racist, you know, homophobic, you name it, right? She said that famous line, right? So he just whatever came to her mind, that's what they were. And that's what Trudeau said about these truckers. The only, the only thing he didn't mention was that they were actually protesting the vaccine mandate. That was the reason why they were there. He yeah. didn't pay lip service to that whatsoever. And it, of course, he knew what was going on. But he said this. And, he, and he, as he was saying it, you could see him saying it. He also said it in front of Parliament. You could, say, you could see that he knew he was BSing, that nobody was believing him. But he just had to say that. And then he says... Let's send in all of our military so that we can stop these truckers from destroying democracy because that, that was, that's a new talking point, right? Because he saw that, or at least he believes it worked when it came to the January 6th uh, trespass, the great trespass, as I call it. Um, and therefore, he should use that same sort of framing of language uh, when it comes to these truckers, that they are destroying democracy. You know, but, but then you say, well, wait a minute, dude you understand that part of democracy is the right to assemble and to protest, right? That's, that's when you think of democracy, that's like the essence of democracy. So he, he says, oh, I don't mean that kind of democracy. I'm, I'm out of, I, I, I like mean the, the kind of democracy I like, not the kind of just right. democracy. Good old fashioned democratic oppressive democracy. That's right. what we should go to. So anyway, he wants to silence them all. He thinks this is evil. And, uh, and, and we've got to stop them one way or the other. He doesn't see the rich irony of everything that he's saying. Trudeau is going to be in trouble with this. But you know, Trudeau, Trudeau reminds me, uh, and because they're kind of in the same age bracket, it seems to me. They're both kind of good looking. Uh, Let's guess, Eric Garcetti? Right? No, 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 Gavin Newsom I'm thinking of. And Garcetti oh. to a lesser extent, I suppose. 
Yeah, but, but well, it's, well, it's, it's the, pretty crazy. So the, the, these, the analogy they both, they both, they, Garcetti, they both share they both share the idea. They both share this concept of telling people what they only they Newsom and Trudeau, for that matter, want you to hear, and they really believe that you will believe whatever they say, and whatever they don't say, well, it's not real. That's it. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, well, a simple, it's, also, it's a simple playbook. It's also this incredible dynamic that seems very unique in this time. And it's related to the immaturity dynamic, which is yeah. I'm really, really weak when it comes to all these things. Oh, my God, Black Lives Matter is protesting. We can't do anything. But a guy goes surfing. I'm going to impose the full force and waste, you know, uh, a law and order upon him and have him hauled out in chains. Right. Yes. yes. Trudeau is famous for being an international wuss, an absolute female orifice organ. Okay, so inference. He's famous for that. So he he never confronts anything with any strength until there are some guys honking horns in front of his building. Yeah, then horns. He'll I, I, want, I want to I want to speak about that because the honking horns that that was like the big issue of the day. This is so right. offensive to them, and this was a an attack upon democracy. You know why can't right, they with be noise? Why can't they be more uh, you know more civilized, like burning down yeah. precincts and and government buildings, like the, you know our good folks at the BLM protesters uh, did? You know why can't yeah. they just learn the lesson from them, huh? You know that, that's the way it goes with these people. Anyway, the point is that. Uh, we, we told you so. That, yeah. That's it. You know, everything played out just as we said it would back almost two years ago now, right? It played out exactly like we said. We said, by the way, also that the virus came from a lab. And not only that it come from a lab, but it was manipulated in a lab. And that, that the, the American government knew about it, Fauci in particular. And the American Everything. government built it, designed it, and paid for it, but built it in China because yeah. American law prevented Wouldn't them from it. building yes. it in North Carolina. Okay. So we, we told you so. This, all these yeah. things played out. But you know, the thing is, Ari, I have to say, you know, as bright as we are, this was not something that required a bright person. It, no. just, it required somebody who had common sense. Like, how do you think this is going to play out? If I roll a ball down a hill, I don't expect it to go uphill. I expect it to go downhill, right? If I eat too much uh, crap food, do I expect to get thinner and healthier? No, I don't, right? But so likewise here, knowing what I know about viruses, knowing what everyone should know about viruses, this is the way it was going to play out. So all these draconian rules, we knew right away that it wasn't for the purpose of actually stemming the tide. It was for something far more sinister. When they said the 15 days to flatten the curve, and then they just blew right past it uh, as though they had never said it in the first place and then wanted people to ignore that they had ever said it. And now they're talking, they, they still just lap up whatever the government tells them. That's when we knew something was up, right? We knew it. Yeah, when you I have mean, a they, virus. They, there were many, there were many um, landmarks along the way. Right, when that, you have that, a that virus. Made it clear to us that they were all about power. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. When you have a virus that kills fat people, and then to reward you for taking their vaccine, they give you a milkshake and a cheeseburger. <laughs> I know, you can tell weird. there's something wrong. When there's a virus that, that you're, you're benefited to avoid it by getting fresh air, exercise, and thinking good thoughts. And they tell you, no, 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 stay home, binge watch the news on CNN, and order Postmates and make yes. it a double-double. 
Yeah, I know. You know, triple, double, and whatever. So you can get fat, angry, and hysterical. They're not giving you good advice. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up at this point. But this is, you're absolutely right about that. It was something that we knew was going to happen. All these things unfolded. If you think about it, exactly in the way that we said it would. Uh, We told you about the depression. We told you about the suicide, the drug cartels. Everything opened up in a way that we fully expected it to open up, to to play out rather the way we expected it to play out. And it's, you know, it's not that I'm patting myself on the back and Ari, you're not patting yourself on the back. We're just angry that something so obviously, that was so obvious to anyone who could have just wanted to open his eyes, could have seen it, and then it plays out. And then they're going to pat themselves on the back that somehow they stopped COVID when they didn't. We, We all know it. But they could play it to themselves all day long. It's like, you know, it's like it's like transgenderism when a man pretends that he's a woman and he expects everyone to talk to him as though he's a woman, right? It's but we all know he's not. This, that guy's a dude. Plain and simple. I don't care if you ch- lop off his his male genitalia uh, and give him boobs and everything else. He's still a man. I, everyone's thinking it, and we can all pretend it otherwise, but it just ain't so. And that's the way it's going to be with the Democratic Party. All right, folks. Thanks so much. And Ari, I'm so glad to have you back in the swing of things. It's great to have you back. A lot of, a lot of big changes, but it's really great to have you back on the show. Yeah, love, love you, Larry Sun. Love you too. Brooke Larry signing off, saying God bless, be strong, and we'll talk with you next week.